Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Greetings and welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is John Gaffney, and I'll be your host for this episode that suggests that a reset of strategies used to counter the ever-increasing expertise of fraudsters just might go a long way toward developing a consistent defense. Because we know the fraudsters will go toward the point of least resistance. For example, although some elements of your payments might be secured, insider fraud might be on the rise. Or authorized post-payment fraud gets a new defense mechanism from the UK's new confirmation of payee solution, and then business email compromise shows new vulnerabilities. It can frustrate even the most seasoned finance leader or security professional, but it doesn't need to be that way. To espouse this simpler fraud case management strategy in this game of high-stakes chess is Rude Grotens. Rude is a frequent guest here on the podcast. He is a certified financial crime specialist based in Bottom Line's offices in the Netherlands. He has unparalleled technical and business expertise gained at an international level during his 30 years of extensive and varied experiences. And you will hear his ability to combine in-depth technical knowledge with a good business sense and operate at a strategic and operational level. Rude has a broad range of experience advising banks and non-banks about financial crime risk management technology, anti-money laundering, counter-terrorist financing sanctions, tax evasion, and internal and external fraud, including payment fraud and cybercrime. Rude, you've been on the case for a while and fraudsters seem to getting keep getting better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's my pleasure and I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Good. So um, let's start at the top. You know, I, I, uh, we, were, we were talking before we got on here about a new report from IBM um, that shows how fraudsters are attacking vulnerabilities and even taking it up a notch. Um, according to that report, which is called the Cost of Fraud 2022, when remote working is factored into a data leak, the cost averaged nearly a million dollars greater than breaches where remote working is not a factor. So remote work-related breaches cost about 600000 more on average compared to global average. So, Rude, in your experience, can you give us some incidents where fraudsters kept one step beyond the good guys? Um, and how did they do this by hitting vulnerable points in a network or a broader system? Yeah, well, John, that's a really interesting question. Um, when it comes to fraud, it's a bit like a balloon, right? If you try to stop it in one place, it just pops up somewhere else. For banks, this means that fraudsters are always looking for the easiest way to get around security measures. So when one vulnerability is fixed, then they move on to the next one. But sometimes uh, things can go wrong, especially when institutions have a siloed approach to fraud prevention. That means that different teams uh, work independently with their own tools. They can't share information or collaborate with each other. And this can lead to redundant uh, processes or even conflicting processes. And that, yeah, that, that creates, creates gaps in controls and monitoring. Uh, and fraudsters can take advantage of that. And that can, as you know, result in financial losses and damage to reputation. Um, the siloed approach also causes duplication of effort, uh, processes, uh, software investments. In total, that leads to inefficiencies in preventing financial crime, and, and that increases IT complexity and operational costs. And that's why I think it's important to have streamlined processes and technology that can encourage collaboration and allow for a more holistic approach to uh, fraud prevention. 
Interesting. You know, I know from prepping for this episode that detecting and defending against this kind of sophistication can be a complex task, but fighting it has its roots in a more simplified approach, and we'll get into that a bit later. But first, Rude, if there's a culprit in fighting fraud and in financial crimes of any kind, it would be silos. Now, tell us what a siloed approach looks like at a bank's FFC team or, or, or many teams. Yeah, and, and when it comes to fighting fraud and financial crimes, silos can indeed be a big problem. Um, as mentioned before, different teams work independently, each with their own tools and processes, uh, and it makes it hard for them to share information. And as said, fraudsters can take advantage of that. Let, let me give you an example, John. Um, say there's a team that uh, investigates suspicious activity involving credit cards, uh, and another team that looks into suspicious activity involving online fraud. And then there is a third team that focuses on anti-money laundering, AML. They are all working in silos with their own tooling. Without the ability to share information with each other, it can be risky. Um, for example, if the credit card fraud team is looking into something suspicious related to a particular customer, um, but they don't know that the online fraud team is also investigating the same customer. They might end up tipping off that same customer who's also on the radar screen of the AML investigation team. And this, this, this could lead to compromise of the AML investigation because the customer may become aware of the fraud investigation and uh, take steps to conceal suspicious activity. And, and, and that's why it's so crucial to have a customer holistic approach that involves all relevant teams and department, departments working together towards uh, yeah, a common goal of detecting and preventing financial crime. So one investigation could tip off a fraudster and put at risk another investigation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and well, tipping, tipping off is the, the worst thing that can happen, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, to give you a little uh, little backup on that, a Cornell University study uh, that I found from late 2021 found that remote work has exponentially increased the siloed nature of most organizations. Um, in fact, and, and another um, research report found that 79% of all knowledge workers reported that teams throughout their organization are siloed, 79%. 68% said the work is negatively impacted by that. Um, how did this all happen, Rude? Because uh, my understanding is it could be a bit of a pileup here of, of solutions that are already in place. Yeah, indeed. And, and by the way, those statistics are pretty concerning, um, especially with so many people working remotely. It can be even uh, harder for organizations to break down silos and get, get everyone working together. When you're not in the same uh, physical space uh, as your colleagues, it can be tough to establish good communication and, and build uh, relationships with your colleagues. Um, it's important, uh, John, to understand that these siloed solutions, which we just talked about, uh, they didn't come about intentionally. Often the result of using best of breed solutions over the years uh, without necessarily considering how they would all work together in the future. Um, but now financial institutions are, are, are finding it difficult to replace these systems as they have invested heavily in them over the years through customization, for example. And as said, these solutions were not designed to operate in an integrated way. 
but with the potential impact of fraud and financial crimes being so uh, devastating, siloed solutions make it even harder to detect and prevent fraud. And therefore, I think it's critical for organizations to prioritize breaking down those silos and foster collaboration. Interesting. So, you know, in, in, if I compare this to our other conversations, there's, there's a couple of different um, elements here there that are kind of different. I mean, there's technology, there's data, but there's also leadership that needs to happen here. Excuse me. So all three of them are needed to make a good run at fraudsters, both inside and outside your company. But tell us how this rise in insider fraud can be attacked with a simpler, more holistic approach. Yeah. Yeah, John, you are absolutely right that technology, data, leadership are all crucial elements in the fight against fraud. Uh, for external fraud, such as payment fraud, but also for internal fraud. But then the question is, why is it that so many fraud solutions make a distinction between internal fraud and external fraud? Because the reality is that these fraud risk areas are often interconnected and not completely distinct from each other. For example, um, in the uh, 2022 Fraudscape report from CIFAS in the UK, they explicitly mentioned the risk in insider threat as a service. And this is where employees are actively being recruited by external fraud rings uh, to carry out internal fraud, financial theft, or data leakage. And in many cases, payment fraud or, or data leakage involves some form of internal fraud. So investigating internal and external fraud in silos can lead to a host of other problems. And one of them is that insider fraud is often not visible. There's often only a suspicion and no evidence. And therefore, I think insider fraud is underreported by many organizations or not reported at all. So it doesn't get the management attention it needs. And um, well, as you know, John, the collusion between employees and external bad actors is, is difficult to detect. And that is, of course, where the opportunity for the bad actors is. So yeah, again, important to have a comprehensive fraud prevention platform that can detect both external and internal threats, provide real-time alerts, notifications to the relevant teams. More important, that it can uncover links between internal bad actors and external bad actors. And especially that piece of functionality will help to tear down silos and provides the more holistic approach that helps a bank to better understand the overall risk they are facing. Well said. So there's an overarching principle, and we've talked about it in the past, um, but I think it's particularly relevant um, for our audience in this context, and that's enterprise case management. So. Um, I'm going to take you through some specifics about ECM, but first, for the members of our audience that may not know exactly what ECM is, can you tell us a little bit about how it works? Yeah, ECM, Enterprise Case Management, plays a crucial role in the fight against fraud because it helps investigators manage and track multiple investigations, uh, investigation cases at once. I think of it as a one-stop shop for all relevant data and information gathered related to a fraud case. And with this centralized repository, in, investigators can identify patterns and potential fraud schemes across different cases. So, enterprise case management promotes collaboration and communication between teams and departments, and that allows for a more holistic approach 
to fraud prevention. That means that experts from different departments can share information and insights to build a more comprehensive understanding of fraud risk. But that's not all. Um, enterprise case management also enables investigators to track progress, uh, collect evidence, uh, identify roadblocks, and take action to uh, prevent further losses. Uh, and not to mention, it also provides an audit trail of actions taken within the case management uh, system. So yeah, overall, um, enterprise case management is essential in fraud investigations because it enables investigators to manage multiple cases, to manage their investigations, prioritize their investigations, collect evidence, collaborate, and maintain a, a comprehensive view of fraud risk and activities. So, Rude, um, let's unpack ECM a little bit. Um, it, it seems like there's three factors to keep in mind when considering an ECM solution. Let's see if I got this right. Now, it seems like the first one would be its ability to drive that kind of convergence across silos. What do you think of that? Yeah, definitely, John. Um, enterprise case management is a, a way, an effective way to break silos down, promote collaboration between uh, different teams and departments. And a crucial technical capability for breaking down these silos is the ability to integrate with third-party solutions. Uh, think about uh, particular fraud detection solutions, but also data sources. And therefore, it's important that your case management solution contains an integration layer and an intelligence layer, which alerts collected from third-party solutions are consolidated in one single single case around a particular client or employee. That is driving convergence across silos and, and that will provide you the holistic uh, fraud management view. That is, you will find all the information gathered from disparate fraud detection systems um, around a particular customer or employee consolidated in one single case, one source of truth. And by doing that, I should be able to foster more collaboration across teams, correct? Yeah, um, it helps teams to organize, prioritize, manage inf investigations uh, in one system, um, collecting the evidence. That's, that's important, an important aspect, of course. And we should not forget that fraud is a financial crime. And that requires gathering the evidence and involvement of law enforcement. So case management is also about embedding internal fraud investigation procedures and policies through automated workflows to, for example, ensure that the case is meeting uh, the requirements from law enforcement before you involve them. And in general, um, automated workflows aligned with internal procedures such as uh, uh, fraud investigation workflows or dispute management workflows, including maker-checker capabilities. Uh, they must be part of any case management solution. Everything should be handled within the case management system to prevent emails flying around on, on sensitive topics such as insider fraud, right? That's, that's not what you want to have in your organization. And with ECM, you have only one single source of data which is only accessible for the people who should have access to that. So, um, as an example, in, in most financial institutions I've worked with, regular fraud teams won't have access to insider fraud cases. 
because that is often handled by a dedicated unit, for example, um, internal audit. But for, further down the insider uh, fraud workflow, maybe HR or security or the CISO is informed. And to prevent unauthorized access to sensitive data, case management system must be set up to uh, grant users access only to the information necessary for their role. And that's, of course, important to maintain uh, data privacy and security regulations. Okay, interesting. We haven't talked about data yet, which I'm thinking is number three here. Can you tell us a little bit about how uh, financial analytics and data analytics play out here? Yeah, I think it's fair to say, John, that organizations that know the full extent of their fraud losses uh, are better, getting better, uh, in preventing and reducing fraud losses. So they need to understand how much have we lost, how much have we prevented, uh, how much have we recovered. And by figuring out why fraud is happening uh, and taking targeted action on that, like improving controls or by optimization of parameter and threshold settings, they can stop it from happening again. So by keeping track of their fraud losses over time, organizations can also measure how effective their uh, prevention efforts are. That means they can continuously improve their fraud prevention efforts. And that's, of course, why we want to, uh, why we want to focus on. Okay, interesting. Essentially, it really is a chess match, isn't it? One side the fraudsters, one side the good guys. Yeah, yeah John, um, financial crime prevention is indeed like playing a, a game of chess. It's, it's not just about making a move on the chessboard. It's about thinking ahead, it's about planning your strategy, staying alert to your opponent's uh, sneaky moves. And if you're not careful, uh, you could end up in checkmate with bank accounts cleaned out, for example. But, and that's an important one, I think, John, it's not just a game because victimless financial crime does not exist. And fraud is a financial crime and that requires gathering the evidence and involvement of law enforcement and yeah, cannot say more than yeah, enterprise case management is a fundamental component in that process. Okay, that's a wrap. Rude, Rude Grotens, thank you so much. And a great answer on the chess match. Very good. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Okay, so that is a wrap on our episode um, that we're calling Simple Beat Siloed for Anti-Fraud Efforts. Uh, once again, my guest was Rude Grotens. Uh, I encourage you to check us out, Pendant Payments Podcast, um, on Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify platforms. And I hope you join us next time. Thank you. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.